We want you to become an honorary gosling. Join us. You'll get exclusive access to conversations and content that would otherwise get us banned from social media. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and selective writings. And check this out. You'll get to participate in our live monthly Discord chat and more if you join our exclusive Patreon following that we like to call The After Party. It only costs $5 a month, which is basically a cup of coffee, and it helps us make the show better. We love you guys and can't wait to see you there. Become an honorary Goslings at patreon.com forward slash the Goslings and sign up today. Your YouTube feed is crap. Stop wasting your time watching bot-boosted shills and self-appointed gurus cloying for your attention. Instead, join the Goslings interview, live stream, and podcast. The Goslings, a dark-lit digital speakeasy of free thinkers. A super chat of radical truth-seeking wizards who eat trolls for second breakfast. Topics that'll make your mama's hair stand on end. Ideas that'll make your pastor's knees knock. Guests that will illuminate the hidden chambers of your mind. And interviews that strike down the darkness. Welcome to the Goslings. Our main going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, everyone. Hey, folks. I'm Jonathan. I'm Nick. And we are the Goslings. And we have an awesome episode for you today. Uh, Nick, do you want to go ahead and get us started on the preamble here? I think we should. I think we should. Let's start with uh, the basics. Uh, we're really glad you guys are watching us tonight. Uh, in case you didn't notice, fall has snapped us like a rubber band it's here the cold has set in autumn has fallen yes indeed but we're really excited about tonight here to uh join us we're going to bring him on in just a second of course you guys know the great john bernardo yes um before we bring him on uh we're going to do the obligatories of course we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe uh, that helps us big time uh, grow the show and it'll help keep you informed when we have new episodes coming out uh and uh, also would like to mention our sponsors yeah um i will do let's start with uh jordani jovanovic ah uh, yes hair care products made by real men for real men we love jordani jovanovic yes. hair care products um it makes me look presentable to uh, civilized society mm -hmm. and uh, they have everything from shampoo and beard oil to uh, hair growth serum and hand cream uh, run by a small uh, Christian um, husband and wife team yep. out of Arizona, Mike Fisher. Uh, yep. They've been very kind to us. And uh, as I always say, be as sexy as you are deadly with Jardani. Yeah. Hair yeah. Products. They got great names too. This is the, uh, covert pomade. Yeah. Vengeance. Vengeance. This is the, uh, textured paste mm -hmm. commissioned. I mean, ah. they just got great. I mean, the, 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 the marketing and branding on this is, mm -hmm. is brilliant. I had to beat women off of me at church this morning. Oh really? I yeah. used a couple of these products. Yeah. I used fury. Women love that. Mm -hmm. And rogue. Yeah. yeah in church yeah if you if you want to give oh, yeah. 007 a run for his money or if you want to in enlighten your inner john wick <laughs> then right. you will find yourself in no time shopping for a benelli m4 and uh and a kimber warrior and a nice suit and uh yeah no walter pbk nah, you know 
classy gun 380 gun snob over here yeah <laughs> no, no good okay he, he does use a uh what is it oh an hkp 30l that's right he uses an hkp 30l in uh in john wick and i'm just like you could do better buddy come on yeah. you should consult with them next time around yeah if they make a john yeah, wick call 29 me. call me keanu i'll get you set up on the good guns you know care and tactical <laughs> whatever Anyways, all right, we gotta keep moving. I so. shoot guns. Yeah, I know. I know how to shoot guns. <laughs> I know gun foo. No, you don't. Christian Bale knows that, and it's it's from that other movie that he did with Sean Bean. It's really good. Anyways, <laughs> Kothan Spartan mugs. Let's talk about those. Let's talk about Kothan Spartan mugs. <laughs> uh, you do this one. You do this one. Yeah. So uh, designed by Joel uh, over at CherokoPottery.com. These Kothan Spartan mugs are handcrafted. Mm. Each one is unique in their design. And they are modeled after the most evidence that we could possibly gather, which is all pretty much written evidence of what the ancient Spartans actually carried around with them when they were on campaign. And uh, these mugs are expertly designed, uh, again, all handcrafted, hand-painted. Each one is individual in nature. And uh, it's Joel. It's Joel who runs the yep. whole operation, and yep. he's a machine. Yep. So it's amazing. Yeah, CherokoPottery.com. These mugs were designed in conjunction with Stephen Pressfield, one of our best friends and favorite authors, uh, the author of Gates of Fire. And so we encourage everybody to go to CherokoPottery.com and uh, peruse his listings and see if you can get a hold of one of these because he does limited batches of them. Yep. And uh, they go quickly. So, yeah. JerichoPottery.com. JerichoPottery.com. All right. And now. Obligatories out of the way. Finally. Yeah. Man. But, but, but. Our sponsors are awesome. And it's really great. Oh, yeah. They're sweet to us. Oh, it's so great. Um, Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today. Yes. He is. uh, Our guest today has a master's degree in screenwriting from the American Film Institute. Nice. He's a documentary filmmaker. Mm Mm-hmm. Wheel of Fortune champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the author of Just a Typo. Yes. Which is a humor novel that satirizes cancel culture. Yes. Becomes more and more prescient and more relevant with each passing day. It does. <laughs> and he's possibly Weird Al Yankovic's biggest fan. Yeah. And that's saying a lot coming from Nick and I because we were obsessed with UHF oh, as a, and still are to this day. Yeah. That is the gift. That's the gift that keeps on getting Clark. <laughs> Oh, and my yeah. kids are now UHF fans. Yeah, too. it's the Jelly of the they Month Club of movies, if ever there was one. And I think uh, Siskel and Ebert would agree with us. But they're both dead, so who cares? <laughs> well, are they both dead? I know one's dead. I don't know. What they're dead to me because I didn't. But like John's UHF. thinking like this is the weirdest intro I've ever had. <laughs> we should save ourselves. And this, just bring all John of on. this is like not not all of this is on his resume. Uh, but he is also a fellow writer, and yes. in his own words, dealing with life's absurdities once at a time that's right ladies and gentlemen please welcome longtime friend of the goslings yes john bernardo john how you doing how buddy? are you sir thanks for having me on guys for the third time right yeah Number three yeah. yes sir it's good to see you as you were doing your preamble and everything, I mean, I know we have to do our toast. You want to do that first? I have a couple of things I wrote down that you made me think of as you were doing your preamble. What do you want to do first? Let's do the toast yeah, first. Yeah, let's do the toast. And then yeah. let's the jump toast. right into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I started last time, actually. Okay, so I'll, I'll let start. You do it. We got the ticker at the bottom so you can keep up. I'll say the first half. Everybody else say the second half. Take up the broken sword of your father. And strike down the darkness. Strike down the darkness. Cheers, Cheers John. Cheers. 
Mm. All right. So I, right. I know you guys are supposed to ask me the questions, but yeah. but uh, you were doing your preamble. Like a couple, of, I wrote four things down. I took some notes. First <laughs> of all, I know before we came on, I, I'm wearing your shirt. Um, you so shirt. Good on you. However, so good I'm on looking you. at both of you, and each has a different saying. Correct? Yeah. Oh yeah, we got different. How'd you do that? How did you, did you do? Did you just make four or five different versions. What's yeah, the deal? We made with several that? different versions. Yeah, several Canva different versions. and Teespring. Yep. You design them on Canva and then you upload them to Teespring, and you can choose the color, the options that you want to have available, and the material. We love the tri blend because it's so comfortable. Yeah, that's the soft tri blend. Yeah. I like that. But I like my say saying, which is uh, I think your spelling is perfect. <laughs> which the spelling here, in a way, is it's the grammar that's wrong. Um, but. Uh-huh. But yeah. then I noticed you guys have different sayings, so that kind of caught my eye. That's question one. Yeah, Good job there. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah thank you. Yeah, how, yeah, how did you send me this? How did I get – why did you pick this one special for me or what? This is writer. random. Yeah, because you're oh. a writer. Some of them are writer-themed. Others are a little just more general. Like, like this mine says interviews to strike down the darkness was yeah. our slogan. And then mine right. is uh, actually – I just grabbed this one. So this is so uncouth of me, but this is actually like the one we designed for Stephen Pressfield. Oh yeah. So and I did not have time to change today before we got started. <laughs> okay. So okay. yeah. So we did like a special promo one for Pressfield yeah. uh, for one of his, and um, we have another one that uh, we're big typewriter aficionados. So we yeah. have one that uh, says every time a bell rings, like a typewriter bell. Every yeah. time a bell rings, a demon's laptop dies because we're kind of Luddites, <laughs> okay. you know, um, that works. clearly. And, and then, of course, you can't hack a typewriter was the original. That's shirt. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, no, the original shirt and I still really like it, but we got to beef up the design a little bit was a V-neck uh, soft tri blend that had our original logo on it. I know, John. Yeah, I know. Like there are like four people who like V-necks uh, and, and, and I'm not one of them. I know. It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you have the, something to show with your v-neck i'm just kind of like there's yeah. nothing going on really right here it's, that i want to show off it's just i don't have of, i don't have dude cleavage oh a manly pate of chest hair yes yeah. you know <laughs> what is required for the tri blend and then i wanted to get like a gold chain that i could wear right here you know yeah yeah get that greek look going yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i could really embrace my spartan roots that i don't yeah, have at all no they're super easy to do john and you could totally do them for uh for just a typo well, I've made T-shirts for my uh, documentary, the $2 bill documentary. I've got a T-shirt oh, yeah. with my two logo on it, but I've never really thought you can make one with like multiple versions. This would be like 10 different orders. And then you have to order like a minimum of 20. And the next thing you know, you know you're out, you know, five grand just because you want 10 different shirts as opposed to ordering you know, like just this. Yeah. With this. So it's kind of cool to see different you know, slogan, slogans and different words on each one. That makes it interesting. Well, so you can wear the same shirt for 10 days in a row, but have a different saying on it. So it's really not the same shirt. Exactly. Well, in Teespring, yeah. um, Teespring is, uh, I guess, made to order sort of thing. It's sort of like Amazon KDP. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's no there's no like real overhead costs. I don't think that's no. true. I have Teespring. Yeah, I mean, if you want to buy a two dollar bill documentary T-shirt, it's on my YouTube channel. Yes. But that's another. So I have done that. I didn't think of that. You just make different. different I, didn't, I didn't think of that. But I have no need for it anyway. But it's just interesting to see. It's caught me off guard. It's a good thing to promote. Uh, what is your YouTube channel, by the way, just so people can? Well, find just you. yeah, yeah. To get off topic, I made a documentary. You said I was a documentary filmmaker in that wonderful introduction. I made a documentary all about two dollar bills. In fact, I have a fresh stack of them right here, actually. Oh wow! Yeah, awesome. I'm gonna go out and gonna, gonna use these to make my next because I have a, a documentary film and then I have a YouTube channel based on the two dollar bill. I've got like sixty other videos, and people always say go out and see if they work at you know in um 
not at vending machines, but at like Walmart at the pay, for, you know, when you self checkout. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. I've got this, I got this stack last week and the next, next mission for the next video I'm going to make on the channel is to start buying some, you know, three, four items and then shove a bunch of twos in there with the camera rolling and see if it takes people love stuff. So that's what I'm <laughs> give them what they want. They want. Anyway, anyway, the channel is a $2 bill documentary of a really cool logo and there's t-shirts with the two which is like a transparent too with all images that are inside of it that are the film talks about. It's a, it's a really cool logo. I love oh, it. So awesome. I have a t-shirt and there's sweatshirts and there's all yeah. this stuff. And the channel's called the $2 bill documentary TWO. Cool. Um, you got to make you uh, search. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say if you search any $2 bill video on YouTube, you type dollar sign two bill, you'll get a bunch of videos. Inevitably half of them are mine. So you'll see it. Yeah. You got to have uh, some $2 bill underwear. On uh, on your Teespring channel, <laughs> that's not a bad idea, and I should wear one 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 night for the wife when she's least expecting it, and just drop trow and have a two facing, <laughs> two on the I front don't... or the back. I don't know what where, which side it should be. Be on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. There's a dollar for both sides. John, I didn't say it was a good idea. I just said it's an idea. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm the kind of person that would pursue that so you gotta watch what you say to me <laughs> it'd be really cool to like mm -hmm. take your take your phone right and uh mm -hmm. go to places and maybe you do this in the I, to be honest with you, i have not seen the two dollar bill documentary yet uh but if you were to record people like that are workers right cashiers and you hand them a two dollar bill specific specifically target young people that have no idea that there is such a thing and just kind of get the reaction like the guy yeah at the we gas did that station. um I, I did. That? Well, the movie has so much content. And again, I don't want to get too much into it, although it is a, a cool topic. I mean, I've been on other shows for that. So it's good yeah. to talk about. But um, when I did the film, there were so many amazing stories. Two dollar bills have been on the moon. So I have that guy, guy who's, you know, collect, collects them and, and a whole bunch of stories. I did run around and send them at fast food places and have a ca hidden camera. And it was great. It just didn't fit in the film. The, the film ended up having a lot more great content than I needed. Yeah. So one of the videos I made for my YouTube channel, it was just footage I didn't use in the film. So I put together this little video about me going to fast food places. And it got millions of views. It's one of my most popular videos. And, and I kind of come off, I didn't mean it this way. I kind of come off obnoxious because I'm asking people, you know, you're going to take my twos? And I'm just trying to engage them and have fun with them. And, and people yeah. are, you know, commenting, you're an a-hole. You're so obnoxious. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just... You know, just trying to engage people, having fun. I mean, I'm just I'm being me and having fun. And if that make, makes me an a-hole, then, uh, you know, I, I get... No. But, uh, no, so we did it. And then some other videos I've made specifically for the channel, I went, like, to pet stores, went to 10 pet stores, and I bought pet supplies and paid with all, all two. So now I'm using 10, 15 of them <laughs> instead of two, three of them at a fast food place. And so there's all those reactions of people at the pet store who don't know they're being filmed and who uh -huh. are, like, amazed. And one of them says, says I've got three at home, and they're worth $1,000 each. I'm like, no, they're they're not. Uh, they're worth two dollars each you know so there's a great mix of videos there um and i try to try to keep the channel fresh and keep content going because i got twenty three thousand subscribers on there yeah awesome and That's the film awesome. you definitely need to go watch it because i mean it's not, it's not necessarily funny even though the two dollar bill is quirky but it's a really entertaining film and i yeah. think people say that it's always they say surprised is what they say after they say yeah. oh, i'm surprised i think you could do 100 minutes on a two dollar bill and it was you know really interesting so, so anyway I haven't yeah. seen one in ages. How did the strippers respond when they saw it? That's in the film too. I knew it was. I knew it. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Very uh -huh. cool. Yeah, there's yeah. a place in Portland that is a few places across the country that use them exclusively. And the rationale is that um hi Michael Fisher, by the way. There's Michael Fish Fisher just signed yeah. on and says hi to you guys. I, I love seeing these comments. Um <laughs> 
anyway, there's places that use them exclusively, and the girls like them because you get twice as much. Instead of throwing a dollar on the tip floor, you get yep. a two right. on right. And guys want to get rid of them because if you go home with a stack of twos, your wife goes, where were you? And you know, and you get in trouble. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it is a part of the – it's truly a part of the $2 bill story, and, and that was the rationale I told my wife when she's like, you went to a strip club in Portland? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be an authentic filmmaker here. Yeah. I'm not going to leave it out. It's a, it is, I'm not even being sarcastic. It is a legitimate part of the $2 bill story that they're used yeah. in strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a unique appeal to that. So I wasn't going to leave it out of the film. Actually, I took it out of the YouTube version. So if you watch the film on YouTube, you won't see that because then they would have taken my avenue away on that. Right. But if you buy it on Amazon or watch it for two bucks on Amazon, um, you'll, you'll see. Anyway. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. You know, I'd like to see it'd be fun to have a video. Yeah, I think like, you'd enjoy it. A two dollar bill in like the collection plate at church going by and people just looking at like what in the world? <laughs> stealing it out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Making change. Making right. change. Yeah. So what's interesting yeah. about the stack is I got it, you know, I just went to the bank and I get and you know I'm not gonna be able to see this, but the serial numbers are sequential. So there's a hundred in a row, nice. or fifty in a row. People are on eBay like selling two dollar bills or selling sequential serial number two dollar bills because it's like some rare thing like first of all the misconception is that they're rare they're not but then wow i've got 50 in a row with consecutive serial numbers this block is worth so much more than you know a hundred dollars it's not you can get them in straps at the bank all the time so this conception fuels the the way people treat them and then the way people treat them fuels the misconception even more so it's like this unending cycle Uh it's kind of interesting yeah, Very yeah. cool. I'm just so, I mean, I'm just so surprised that they're still printing them. You they know? still make them. Yeah, they're, they're still, still man. Out. That's one of my YouTube videos, why they still print $2 bills. Yeah. I'm here <laughs> to hype the channel now. Forget the book, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Because you don't have to buy anything. You just have to watch the video and, and you know, maybe watch the ad for five seconds. And I generate a couple of cents in revenue. <laughs> so go to the channel. Yes. <laughs> go to John Bernardo's channel. Go to the $2 bill documentary channel. Um it kind of reminds me of that uh, family guy joke where uh, Quagmire is uh, at the strip club and he asked if he can get stamps, you know, with his- I haven't seen that, but no. <laughs> I haven't seen that episode. Yeah. So I wonder like if you go up to the, if, to the stripper at the strip club and you give her a $2 bill instead of a single, you'd be like, can I get stamps? You know, can I get stamps with that? Like, you know, <laughs> it's probably a far, Far more uncouth joke than we're really allowed to make on the gossip. I, and I have a crazy story. The, the, the club that I actually you probably will appreciate this. I don't know what's on or off topic on this show anymore. But Go so I went to, went to this club in Portland called Casa Diablo. The owner's yes. name is Johnny Diablo. It's not his real name. But um, it's I, it all sounds crazy coming out of my mouth. It's a vegan strip club. <laughs> and they serve, I kid you not, go, go online and look it up, Casa Diablo in um, Portland, Oregon. They serve it. all vegan food. So uh, I, sh- I s- hi, Jay, hi, Jay Reese. She was on last time for Jay Reese. Yeah, um, Jay Reese. So I went there and, you know, I called in advance and I had an interview. I was going to interview one or two girls and the owner. And, you know, the owner shows up, up, and he's, you know, he's probably sleeping with every girl there. He's one of those guys, you know, big choochy guy. And he's like, right. yeah, we'll get some food. We'll get you a plate. So he sets me up with this plate of all veggie food, veggie mozzarella. Well, I guess mozzarella sticks are veggie anyway. But, but vegan um, mozzarella. Whole, right, vegan <laughs> mozzarella, yeah. So he sets me up with this thing, and then he's telling me, you know, well, if you're a girl, I'll, you go in the back. I'll just, you know, do everything. No, no, no. I'm like, I'm not here for that. I said, first of all, I've got $4,000 of camera equipment that I'm – 
toting around Portland. I'm not leaving it. Leave it in the kitchen. No, I'm not going to leave it in the kitchen. So you could set me up with a girl in the back. But he was like, like trying to get food. And and then it was like, I did it like four or five o'clock. We did the interviews and I was leaving at eight o'clock. By eight o'clock on like a Tuesday, the place was packed. I mean, it was insane, crazy. And I walked, I was like, I can't get out of here fast enough. It was just like <laughs> unbelievable, the scene in this place. But vegan food, I, you know, I, it was outrageous. Different part of the country, man. Uh huh. Yeah. There's a market for everything, I guess, at the right. end of the day. You know, that is not a place that would not succeed here in Middle Tennessee. <laughs> no. You know, well, maybe, maybe like East Nashville or like the Arts District in Columbia. You know, you go to like yeah. some of those artsy fartsy places, they could probably get away with a, yeah, a vegan strip club. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. Well, yeah, he also, uh, I think I have one. He also, let me see if I have one here. Hold on. He would, yeah, I do have them. So this is what he did to his $2 bills. He put red ink around them. I don't know how he did it, but all his $2 bills, I ended up walking out with four of them. He puts red ink around them because the place was Casa Diablo. He wanted it to look like oh, I don't know, hell or sure. blood. Right. And so that also ensured that um, you know you would know that you were a Casa. If you had a $2 bill with, bill with red on it, you would know that you were a Casa Diablo, but he would know that. Yeah. And it's the story is in the film. It's not on the YouTube version because I take it out for, for reasons I mentioned. But if you watch the actual film on DVD or what have you, he explains things that uh, people thought that they were like stolen and like the powder off, you know, and that's why they were red. And the Secret Service was asking him to, you know, to, to cease doing it. Uh, it's a really interesting story. I'm not going to get into the whole thing here, but they, they basically he had S FBI and Secret Service coming to the strip club telling them not to do this anymore because <laughs> people were, were using these bills around town and vendors were thinking they were, you know, stolen and powder went off or a whole bunch of other things were going <laughs> on with them. So, but I did keep four of them. I should probably auction these off. They're probably worth something now, but uh, they all probably. have red, red, they all have red ink on them. And these are the ones that are actually in the, in the film. Oh, That's wow. So, awesome. That's yeah. cool. It's like the secret handshake of Casa Diablo. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And they yeah. don't even Signature. use ones anywhere. There are no $1 bills in the register. Oh, really? uh, the ATM machine, if you withdraw 100 bucks, they give you 52s. That's never seen an ATM wow. do that. So it's quite an, quite an interesting place. Um, interesting. If you guys ever go to Portland, let me know. We'll pop into Casa Diablo without $4,000 well, in camera equipment. Well, first of all, no. <laughs> okay. That'll never happen. Me going to Portland. Oh, yeah. Well... You know what? But but I will be, I, I'll I'm I'm down for a $2 bill. You know what, John, life is short, I'm in. Good. But let me know. We'll plan a yeah. trip. I I mean, I hate Portland. Like you I, had I, me until you said Portland. <laughs> but I would make an exception. I mean, I would make a Portlandian yeah. exception for I John I'll go I'll, I'll go to Diablo. a strip club and preach the gospel. <laughs> I'll wrap some Bible tracks in $2 bills. But See, just not in Portland. Wait. That's where I draw the line, God. <laughs> He's you not, just he's have to have a go reason for going. You have to have a. Re I had a reason, otherwise I would never set foot in a place. You know, I know. I'll go preach the gospel yeah. to the strippers. You know, dude. Yeah. There's a ministry right there. Yeah. Calling your name. Yeah. Gigolo J Ministry <laughs> from the yeah. Church of What's Cool. You know. <laughs> oh, no. You did not. You may change. You may change the subject. In fact, I got three <laughs> other things I wrote down during your your preamble. I haven't got to, but we can do moving on. Do that.
Yeah, go for it, John. Save us from ourselves, please. Did you have sponsors last time I was on? I think you did, right? Because I was almost impressed. We do anymore, but we did. I think we did last time. Yeah. Okay. Just because I was like, oh, sponsors. Did they have sponsors last time? (laughs) (laughs) And then you mentioned uh, John Wick as being heavier, like John Wick. And I said, oh, did you see the trailer for John Wick 4? Just came out this week. I did. It looks cool. Yeah, dude. It looks awesome. And it makes you, doesn't it make you think like they probably have like a 10 film series, like a whole thing lined up ahead of, you know what I mean? Like as long as there's more people to to kill, they can keep making them. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's always somebody else, you know, right. Cause it kind of like the new one kind of makes it seem like if he, if he wins the duel against the guy, then, you know, he's absolved of his crimes, but then like, what if he becomes the the head of the um, what's the organization? It's basically the Illuminati. Uh, do they call it the Illuminati? No, I forget. I, I just heard it because I watched the trailer. What is I forget what it's called. The DNC. Um, <laughs> the, the, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not the guess. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like it, it kind of makes the thing. You, yeah, the thing. <laughs> it kind of makes you think that if he, you know, that I could see them making another three or four films out of this plot line of like okay he absolves himself but then what if he becomes the leader of the group and then he has to defend and then he has to do these other things i mean you could you know as a writer you watch those trailers you know yeah. like oh i can see high you. table high table thank you high, high table. table cool yeah mike Thanks, fisher mike. thank you mike coming in yeah <clears throat> yeah those uh those movies were uh they were all coming out when i worked at the gun shops and man you have never seen so many people want a benelli m4 shotgun and uh and an hk p30l you know and nine millimeter you know whatever movie comes out that has cool guns like you better have a bunch of them in your gun shop yeah oh yeah makes sense or video games that's the other one yeah you know yeah and the movies are well done i mean they're choreographed uh fantastic choreograph and and uh, you know my son's 15 and he we weren't letting him watch R-rated movies. I guess we still don't, but that was that was the one we let him watch because we're like, we've seen blood and gore before. What's, you know, so those we let him watch and he binged yeah. three of them. Excuse me, he binged all three when part three came out. So uh, he'll awesome. probably, t- we'll take him to see that one when it comes out. Very cool. Well, you're being more responsible about it than probably our dad was because I saw Terminator oh, 2 for when sure. it first hit video and I was like 10 years old. So, <laughs> right. That's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing in there. <laughs> Yeah, my right? wife won't even let him watch like Mel Brooks, um, like anxiety. You know, there's jokes, jokes that went over my head um, that I, you know, I love uh, History of the World Part One, Mel Brooks. You know, I'm sure you've seen it. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of jokes that I just didn't get when I was 12, 13, when it came out. And now I watch it and go, oh, you know, I obviously I know the jokes. I go, oh, I didn't get that one for 15 years. <laughs> so I just uh-huh. didn't, you know, so many <laughs> yeah. sexual innuendos. So I'm like, you can let, he's not going to get those jokes. He can watch it for the slapstick and the silliness, but eh, whatever, right. whatever, you know, different parenting styles. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love reading your comments too. So Mama Shop, Mama Shay says she loves Mel Brooks. And Mike says, remember oh, yeah. that where our name came from, Jardani Jovanovich from, from the Tide movie. It's not a typo. Speaking of typos <laughs> from, from the yeah we yeah the uh, John Wick and uh, John Wick's real name is Giordani Jovanovich. Oh no, yeah. that's right. Okay, yep. I forget that. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and which is uh, the inspiration behind the the line that uh, we sponsor uh, that Mike sponsors. He's our sponsor. Yeah. He's we a, sponsor it. He sponsors it. We we all we, we showcase sponsor our sponsors. Product. Sure, Giordani. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice save, Nick. Right. <laughs> Nick had a long. I'm trying to figure out how all the things today. work. 
<laughs> and what words go in what part of the puzzle? Words are hard sometimes. It's a long week, yeah. folks. <laughs> sometimes the words they don't come out so good. Yeah, I get my words mixed up. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. There's uh, next, okay. There's your next logo. I get my words mixed up. Whatever you just said. I, yeah, I get my words mixed up. A yeah. spoonerism. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Send me that one too. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about uh, just a typo. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about the book. The last two times you've been on, we've talked about your book. Great book. Read the book. Great. Yeah. But recently, you have launched the audiobook. Yeah. Yeah. I finished. I listen. I purchased and listened to. Me too. The audiobook. Yeah. Just finished. That's it. two sales right there. Look at that. That's two sales. Hey, we got you back. We got <laughs> you back. It was great. Do I owe you for the shirt to pay? Why, what's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can send that one back. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> I'll send it back. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to wash it first. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah he, uh, no, that's fine. Yeah, he's got a thing. No, it was so great. Tell us about, well, first of all, tell us about your narrator. Yeah. His voice. Yeah, I was, I was going to, before I do, did you, did you think he was right for the part? I thought he was you when I was. No, it wasn't me. I know, well, I know it wasn't you, but it, it, I mean, it, he sounded like you, it sounded like you telling the story. Yeah. He did it so well. well. He's reading my words, but it wasn't me. He's a, um, okay. So he, his name is Kane Peterson. I don't know if Kane's his real name, but that's his, uh, radio name. He was on, um, a radio, I think it was 92.3 in New York. Uh, he had a what became a nationally syndicated show, kind of like the Elvis Duran show, but they were in the markets that where Elvis Duran wasn't. And they ended up on 104.3, the shark down here in South Florida. And I only listened to that um, um, for 15 minutes driving to work in the morning. So I got to know them and listen to them. And I'm searching for an audio book. I'm not sure how I'm going to get a narrator without paying thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars. And, and it ha just so happened, I told the story on their show because I went on to promote the book. And um I'm driving to work, and they're t I just turn the channel on, and he happens to say something like, um, "God, I would love to do an audiobook. Like that's something I really w would love to do." And I just went, "Oh, oh my God!" Because I'd heard his voice so often that I, I said, "His voice is perfect because he's got a terrific radio voice." Um, and I'm character, the main character in novels, novels, a game show host, have to have some type of professional sounding voice. But he also, you know, he's not, he's not clever, but he plays dumb well. Like, well, play the idiot, idiot in the show once in a while and say his level, like it just hit me like a ton of bricks, excuse the expression that you know, he's not only got a good voice, but he plays, you know, silly, well. And I was like, oh, I have to text. The only way to read him is to text the show. And I'm driving to work going, if I don't text the show like right now, I'm going to forget because you know, I'm yeah. over 50 now. I'm going to get to work and it's out of my head completely. Uh, mm -hmm. So I literally, uh, I think I seried myself a reminder for five minutes from now. I got to work. I pulled over her and I texted the show and I said, hey, you know, and he got back to me a day later. Later, he says, I'd love to do it. And we started to communicate and, you know, he was cheap, <laughs> which which helped. He was you know, he wasn't some 5,000. He'd never done it before. He was just happy for the opportunity. Him and I split profits. That was part of the deal. And okay. he did yep. a couple sample reads and boom. I mean, he, he did the whole thing. It was terrific. Awesome. And, and there's some funny stories along the way, but that's how I found him. He's a radio DJ who's now, they ended up getting off the air. They, they got fired and they really? do their own podcast. And it's called the Kane and Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, the Kane and Corey podcast. They're okay. funny. Um, you can find it on all your major platforms. They have, uh, it's, paid subscription but they have free shows every wednesday and the show i was on was on a wednesday so if you do want to listen to that show you could go back and find it i think it was mid-october but he's he was great he was really easy to work with he's funny um he was so self-conscious though he just really wanted to, he so wanted to please me 
Um, he must have read, read chapter one like 15 times. I'm not even kidding. And I said, look, just <laughs> like he wanted to get it right. And if he thought he botched the word, he'd go back and change it. I said, look, you never read it the way I envision it. I, said, I, have, to I have to trust, trust the person, person I hired is going to do it as a way. And so mm -hmm. once he had the confidence that just be you and do it, and if yeah. I think something's off, I'll play. I'm not going to make you reread, read, you know, every other line. Just do. And then he started getting into it, and I said, skip one and two, just keep going. And then once you feel for the character, go back and read one and two again. And that's what he did. And so it worked out really well. You've heard the book. You think it was funny. He was, he hit on the right places. And I've got what I feel is a really quality audio book now for my my, my writing. You know, in the in the audio book, Mo River Lake uh, makes up makes parodies, makes song parodies. Yep. And uh, when Kane was reading those parodies, he would actually sing them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, that's is that a story you know, too. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask if there was a story behind that. Tell me what that was like. Yeah. So he um, he's actually said on his own show, I haven't heard it, um, um, that he doesn't sing. I guess this is a running thing on the show that he doesn't sing. So. He's doing my thing, and I'm listening. And I'm listening every chapter as he submits them. And he didn't sing some of the lyrics. And I got on the phone. I said, "You gotta, you gotta." You know, it's like I don't want to ask ask him too much. I don't want to piss him off. But he's like, right. he's like, you gotta sing this because one one of the things is um, he writes all these song parodies, and some of them are parodies I when I was a kid, mostly dirty. Uh, but then there's a part that I made up specifically, and, and part of what the book is, for those who don't know, the guy writes a typo tweet and ends up offending the LGBTQ accidentally, of course, because it's a typo. And then people start coming down on him, and then everything he's ever done in his life comes back and is dressed up and now everything. is offensive. Mm -hmm. Everything. So, you know, as, as I go back and tell the story of how he became, went to Hollywood and everything, one of the things he did was he played some clubs, some small comedy bits and sang his funny songs and a lot of them are now back and getting him in trouble after, after the tweet. So one of them was at a birthday party he had, he had four friends and he, they were teasing him, they did a thing with him for his 40th birthday and he made up a, made up a song, he changed the to uh, Lovely the Bands These Are My Friends and you guys know the song, These Are oh, My yeah. Friends These Are My uh -huh. Friends, uh, okay so, so he sings a verse about each of his friends, one of them's is Hispanic one of them's you know um like a superhero geek you know you know what i'm talking about yeah, so yep, yep. the lyrics are just they're again if you're you're good friends with somebody you you can tease them and you can call them you know you can make fun of their jewish i have a good friend of mine who's jewish mm -hmm. from university of miami and i tease him and we make i do make jewish jokes all the time which would <laughs> other people who but between him and i he makes italian jokes yeah, my expense and we think it's great it's a sign of endearment and that's it is it's sure, a love language we, between men Right. We know each other. He knows I'm not offending Jews. I'm just using it. It's funny. And he's Italian. Funny. All right. So this is yeah. what the guy does in this in the story. He sings a verse of these are my friends about each of his four people who each happen to have specific stereotype, um, you know, nationalities or what have you. And it's funny. And it's between friends and it's very, very loving. Well, after the typo and the shit hits the fan. The songs end up getting dredged up, and now they're horrifically offensive. Okay, so the uh -huh. point is, is he read the lines out loud, and the narrator did. And I, I listen to it; it just doesn't work because he's at a party, he's got all his friends there, and it just rhythm, rhythm, and he's gotta sing the song. And he had never he, he doesn't listen to that kind of music, so he wasn't even familiar with it. So I sang it to him over the phone, and I said, "You gotta, you gotta, you gotta try it." So he did. He sang all the lyrics. Uh, then there's another one at the end, which is a callback. And then there's a couple other songs, Mike and the Mechanics, 
Um, mm-hmm. All I need are all I need is a miracle. We change the lyrics to all I need are need are some testicles. All I need are two. All I need are testicles. All I need are two. So I said, you got to sing that. It's not if you don't sing it. He's reading it. So he, um, you know, sucked it up, it up, and and read. I mean, I'm sorry, sang what he was supposed to sing, and it pushed him out of his comfort zone, difference. didn't you? Yeah. So did you yeah. listen to that? You heard him. You got yeah, to the point yeah. of the audiobook. And what did yeah. you think? It worked. Yeah, I thought it worked. I thought it worked beautifully. Um, I he he can he can sing. He can hold a tune. I think that's the most important part. Yeah, you know, he was he's somebody who's like, I don't sing, I don't sing. But then when he's actually forced to do it, he can actually carry a tune. He's not saying, yeah, it for he good reason. Yeah. He's not saying I don't sing for good reason. He just he just he can't sing right. But it, that makes it, it makes it funnier to me because the main character probably can't either mo river like can't sing so if it comes off as, off as being bad singing it makes it even funnier that here's this guy it'd be it like if bad. i sing i mean i can't sing for crap but <clears throat> excuse me um if i had to sing one of my old uh songs that i wrote parodies uh, i would be bad but it would be funny it's still funny right yeah so well that was one of the stories it fits the character and it's funny and it's funny because he can't necessarily you know quote unquote sing like it all it works contextually yeah. you know but he was great at it like, yeah he performed it yeah. very well yeah he performed it very yeah. well yeah and people will like and it he and done well he everything i mentioned about why i thought he would be good he did well he played the idiot uh well mm-hmm. uh, i was really, very pleased and um you know and, and not, not only that but just as a side thing i mean he's a he's got an audience so it's like well yeah. not only you know he can talk about it, he talks about it on his show a bunch uh, so there's always, you know, he's pr- promoting it because he gets some of the proceeds. So there's every reason for him to try to sell it. It's not just me, you know, on my, on my own island trying to get it out there. Yeah, he uh, can tell his audience, it. hey, if you do want to hear me sing, you got to buy this audiobook. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, in fact, uh, we, we sent a bunch of to the show when I was on the show and we we held that back. And I don't know if you saw the Instagram clip put up, which I think was him talking, talking about just that. I think you liked it, actually. I think so. um, there was a clip from the show where he talked about having to sing and his co-host was like, what? You have to sing? And then <laughs> well, we didn't play it because they're like, oh, people have to buy it. Very clever. You're not going to let them hear it unless you buy it. Otherwise, then mm-hmm. why, you know, why do this? Right. Yeah. Then you let the cat out of the bag. You know? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of fun. It's just it's nice to have a book on the market. And then it's just also nice now to know that you can get it in, you know, paperback, uh, Kindle or get an audio book because some people are yep. audiobook readers. Absolutely. Yeah. I get a lot of friends who, you know, they they're guys who work by day, either, you know, doing manual labor or they're doing, you know, they're running a business or something. And they want that, you know, they want that decompression time when they're driving to or from a job site or or the office or something or they're doing a road trip. Like I got a friend who, you know, will drive out to Texas to transport like gear that he sells to, you know, law enforcement or, or, um, you know, military or whatever. And uh, so a lot of windshield time. Yeah, you know? a lot of windshield time. And yeah. they don't read, they don't read like paperbacks, you know? Yep. You have to, you know, this as awesome. Like, I love paperbacks Me because too. I have to concentrate. So, like, I can't read this in a grocery or a, ca- or a cafe. I have to, like, sit down and dive into it. But those guys, because they can multitask better, they can drive and just listen to the audiobook. And it happened. Your book, John, just a typo, was the first first time where i ever had that happen where i was so busy i didn't have time to like sit down and actually you know reread the book and dive back into it i just let the audiobook play while i'm going on doing like three different jobs throughout the, the two or three That's weeks terrific. and it was perfect yeah. it was exactly oh, i love to hear that 
Yeah, yeah I drive into the office twice a week, and I got like a six hour. That's like six hours of driving every week, just those two trips. Yeah. So I can knock out an audiobook pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 I oh, think yeah. mine's about six. I think mine's six hours. I think it's six and a half like, hours. Yeah. 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 So, Dude, which is pretty good because it estimated nine and it came out at six. So, excuse me. Oh, that's awesome. No problem. Yeah. No, I got a friend who uh, he listened to the entire Dune series, an audiobook, go oh, wow. back and forth to work. Every day when we worked at the gun shop, wow. you know, they'd be like, dude, I'm on Children of Dune, you know, <laughs> I'm on God Emperor Dune, you know, Duke Leto is awesome. He's back. You know, it's been a while since we've had a Dune <laughs> reference from you, bro. I, I it's, it's been a while. It's been a couple I, episodes. It's yeah, I was I was itching for it. So <laughs> what can I say? You know, look, you just can't be you blue duning it. Oh, suck dude that's such a me joke how could you yeah dude, yeah dune is one of the greatest cultural achievements of all time not the least of which is because of its absurdity you know like it is cool though dude ageless patrick stewart he looks the exact same you know and plus where else are you gonna get battle pug? battle pug yeah yeah you know? i'm not like, i never saw, saw the first one i was seeing the second one just oh, doesn't interest man. me it's not my thing yeah. it's it's so yeah even even if you're, I mean, I guess you got to be a sci-fi fan to like really, you know, and maybe that particular kind of science fiction to be into it. But even if you're not like there are so many absurd moments in it. It's such a high, a high order 80s David Lynch, big budget movie, Dino De Laurentiis production. It's like the Waterloo of sci-fi movies, basically. <laughs> And it's there's really like absurd quotable lines from it. And Toto did the soundtrack. So it's just it's so bizarre. Toto. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, science fiction. <laughs> I've, I've tested the reins. I know uh, science fiction in general is is kind of corny. But if you do it, it's one of those things. If you do it right, it's so Star Wars is type science fiction. But if you really break that down, it's corny as heck. I mean, science fiction by oh, yeah. its nature, in my opinion, is fairly ridiculous because you're just making stuff up. You mm -hmm. can do it in a way that's really compelling. I, you know, I definitely give credit to those who do it well. But it's it's just hey make up your own world and what make up your own rules and mm -hmm. right, you know that's I, I guess i mean i don't do it so i can't knock the people that write good science fiction but <laughs> I, it's, it's hard to get into it like oh what's gonna happen when the stellar planet reaches alignment with lunar six i don't give a shit <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah i don't care also not real you know right it's not real I tell people all the time, I um, if it does if it takes place in today's world in America, I don't want to watch it. Like I'm not going to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> nice. That's actually character says that in in just a typo. Uh -huh. Riverlake says that because yeah, they yeah. Uh, ask him asking about he wanted to watch Marvelous Miss Maisel and goes ah, as soon as I saw the girl with the rotary phone, I couldn't watch anymore because it's a rotary dial phone. <laughs> I, you know, if I want movies that take take place today, that could happen right now outside my front door or in some major yeah. city with people I know with, you know, tech that I know, I'm not going to watch some Renaissance uh, stuff from the 1700s, you know, people talking <laughs> in British accents. That's just yeah. not, you know, I grew up on Disney with Kurt Russell, the strongest man in the world. Remember all those movies yeah. at the yeah. end the yeah. shaggy DA? That's how I grew up. So I'm not watching so science, <laughs> science fiction. You really got to win me over to get me to watch a good science fiction movie. Kurt Russell. Well, let's a talk about something report. that you. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, well, I was going to say. Was gonna say minority that... report. No, all right, I'm going to stop. You talk. Yeah, I think I think there was a bit of a delay there. There's a little audio issue. Sorry, but I was going to bring up something that you were into. You know, something that you are into uh, that you do like that we know. Um, have you yet seen? I don't even know if it's out yet, but have you watched Weird 
the Al Yankovic story. That's the fourth thing on my list when you guys, you guys were talking before nice. I came on because you mentioned he's a Weird Al fan, and I wrote down I wonder if they've yeah. seen the movie. Yeah, I did, and I'm sure you guys have too. Um, I watched it last week on Friday night, I think. And I, I haven't said, seen right, it. Gonna... I haven't seen it yet. Tell me about it. Spoil it for me. Okay, so I thought I just what I thought it was, it wasn't, and so I was disappointed because I was expecting one thing and a thing, and it went off on a totally different. It's apparently, and I read this the other day. It's it's the Weird Al, the story of Weird Al as made up by Weird Al. Mm -hmm. So it's like him. him um, you see him in college and his parents, and he becomes you know he becomes this parody star. Then it just goes off on this crazy thing. And there were scenes that I, I didn't realize they were scenes that were parody, parodying other movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? Next thing you know, they're, you know, they're shooting up military people in a bunker. I'm like, this thing is a weird. I'm like, what is this? Like, it started out like a, a like his weird. real story, which I was interesting, uh, interested uh -huh. in. You know, the, the way he first sang My Bologna with his college dorms and recorded it in a bathroom. That's all true. And then a bunch of stuff happened that was like, you know, he has this whole relationship with Madonna and sexual. And I figured maybe they had a, and then he said he didn't, but it just okay, went, I went this, and I that. wasn't, ex I wasn't expecting that kind of a film. So when these scenes came up, I was like, what is this? Where's this thing going? Him and Madonna are shooting guerrilla warfare people in the jungle. What is, what is this? Um, <laughs> so I was sitting there and I I'm almost like, I'm going to turn this off, but now I get, now I get, now I see, now I see, it's like Weird Al just saying, this is what my life was, and then we're going to just go off and make it a parody. There was a scene where he's yelling at people on stage, he's doing a live performance, and I didn't realize till later, I read somewhere else, it was a takeoff on another movie um, with, with Jim Morrison, with Val Kilmer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was it was a parody of the scene where he takes his shirt the off doors. on stage, I never saw it. The yeah. Doors. I never saw the movie. So that was a parody of that movie, and I didn't, didn't know that. So I'm looking at it going, what are you doing? Like, this is yeah. true? You were yelling at the audience at a show with your shirt off and Madonna's in the back coaching? Like, what are you doing? Uh -huh. So anyway, the long and short of it is um, I did not, not – I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it now because uh, I didn't just didn't get it. Staff was I thought it was great, and then I was like, this is turning really bad really fast. Yeah. So, But now you know. You, you know the difference. That's kind of what I gathered from um, the trailers kind of made it seem like that at first. But then when you start hearing people talk about it, you realize that it's like a meta version of what Weird Al does. He's parodying, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. all of these rockumentaries that have been coming out, whether it's the That's, you know, Queen one or, you know what I mean? Like, yep, and it's now I see that's of, a great way to put it. It's yeah. like the cinematic version of what he has been doing for the past like 30 years in yeah. music. Yeah. Um, I mean, Weird Al takes something that everyone, rec something recognizable, and then turns it into something that is awesome. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, he, and in this case, it was his own story. <laughs> hey, everyone, this is my story. I'm just going right. to go ahead and make a movie about that and totally turn it into something it's not. And I feel horrible that I just missed I just missed that completely. I did not know that's what it was. And so and I never figured out that that's what it was. So so shame on me. Well, but you know what? Like that's one of the reasons why I haven't made time to watch it yet, John, is because like that concept doesn't seem all that appealing to me necessarily. I could be wrong. It it could be a really enjoyable experience for me. But when I think about, you know, how different that is from UHF, UHF. I will, to my dying day, proclaim one of the greatest feats of Amen. cinematic history. I'll drink to UHF. <laughs> to, to UHF. UHF. <laughs> UHF. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Plus, mm. he didn't have Harry Potter in it. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But like, he you, should do a Potter parody. <laughs> um, was uh, tell me, John, was uh, Weird Al involved in Weird the Al Yankovic? Yeah, he's story? actually in it. He plays another role. He plays the role of oh, a, a music right. studio agent who turns down himself, turns down Weird mm-hmm. Al. Um, yeah. So he and he was funny in it, and uh, he just had a different moppy hair. It was you knew it was him right away, and that was funny. I yeah. enjoyed it up until it went off the rails. I mean, it, it was kind of his story. Mm-hmm. I was more interested in like his story, like how he was right. Um, yeah. yeah, and in fact, in the in the movie, and this isn't a spoiler, but in the movie, there was an argument about whether fat came out before bad. Oh. And the, there was this claim that you know, the, the, and I'm like, like, there's no way. I said yeah, you, no parody, you, you, yeah. you parodied the video, and and so the whole running gag in the f- movie was that bad was actually stolen from Weird Al, fat, and that he copied it. And That's I, clever. And I like I, that. I this is early enough in the film. Yeah, it's clever. Clever now, but at the time, it was early enough in the yeah. film, and I hadn't figured it out. Of course, I'm like, no. Yeah, that's absurd. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. there's just, just no way. I just didn't have the – just my head was – I got, I mean, yeah. like I'm embarrassed. It's like I just got totally duped, um, and I just didn't get it. But anyway. Well, and that's – I think that's probably – the joke is funny. It's sort of like uh, Freddy Got Fingered, you know, the movie that uh, – what's-his-face Tom Green did back in the late 90s. It's, you know, it's an absurdist parody of – something else that's already existing but i think like for those of us who are like legit weird al fans you want like a legit weird al rockumentary like yeah i would be legitimately interested in seeing what weird al's journey really was not not him fighting the sandinistas you know exactly exactly (laughs) like i'm not here for that i want to see like Tell me about what it was really like, but maybe it was really boring. Like maybe that's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, check it out. I mean, it'd be interesting to hear what you think if you, once you've seen it, but I I just, like I said, for the eighth time, I missed the boat on it. Didn't make the second half of it and wish, and wish it was something different. I was hoping for something different and I just didn't, didn't get it, but, um, well, whatever, you know, I watched it. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) but you know, UHF was such a great movie, though. I mean, UHF was adorable. It was cute. It was fun. It was well-intentioned, good-hearted. And it, it had, like, a normal, like, three-act story structure, you know, that you could clearly tell was obviously a fictional movie where he's just parodying all his... It's kind of like the original Family Guy. Like, he's parodying all of his, you know, favorite little things, whether it's Indiana Jones or... <laughs> You know, close encounters, and uh, and it's just fun. It's a masterpiece. All the different things he comes up with in that one movie. Yeah, it's a master. I mean, even and clean enough for my kids. Yeah, you know, and they were hooked. Man, I, I I listen to Fat way more than I listen to Bad. Oh, I listen to Eat It way more than I listen to Beat It. Right. When you see Mike Michael Jackson's uh, video for Bad, or if he happens to come on the Rio. I sing the fat lyrics to my. I mean, I'm not singing yeah. fat. I'm singing fat. I can't help help but think of it. And I, yeah. it was just the, the greatest. So many little subtle things in that video that are perfect. You know, when he's uh-huh. going woo, and then he holds up the little woo. You know, cartoon just little tiny <laughs> things he did that, that I think sometimes get lost. Um, mm-hmm. In in fact, it's me think I'm just started watching. I've never even heard of this show before until like, like something else. It's called The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Heard that show? Oh, yeah, I've heard about it. Yep. Did you ever watch it? 
I didn't. Mm, no. I never, I never knew know. about it. I read about it in something else recently. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was a comedy from Tina Fey. Let me check this out on Netflix. I watched the first season over the, over the last month. I mean, just really wet and, and silly and funny. And if you're not paying attention, boy, the jokes just they go right by you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so well written from a comedy perspective. It's just so, so silly and, and stupid. Uh, which I love. I mean, I love silly and stupid. I try to with the hope to put in this book. I mean, it's smart, silly. I'm not just silly for the sake of being silly. Smartly yeah. done, silly. Well, yeah. she um, was probably involved in the writing of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I really, I she created, really like yeah, Tina, Tina Fey. She's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But there are, you know, once they they establish who the characters are, everything, every line plays off insecurities and their frailties, and just mm-hmm. little thing like the, uh, Jane Kowski plays this rich. You know, woman vain, uh, who Kimmy Schmidt goes to work for, and it was just a line that stuck out. And she goes, First thing in the morning, she's like, Oh, are you did you sleep all what are you wake up right night? And she, she tailed, and Jake Krakowski goes, No, I had that lasered, and it and then they keep and it keeps going like there's no pause, there's no wink at the, the audience. She goes, No, not, not anymore, I had that lasered, and then and you go, If you're not paying attention, you're like, That's funny, it's just with the with the character, um, yeah, uh huh. Just, and I'm just thinking of writing it. It's just so smart, uh, yeah. and, and they don't they don't pay any. Like I said, no wink, like Naked Gun, to the point where they would have a reaction of somebody going, you know, or mm-hmm. just, just turn to the camera going. But this just <laughs> keeps going. And if you're not paying, my wife tried to watch half an episode. She doesn't like that kind of humor, and I'm like, I'm laughing. She's like, I don't know what you're laughing at. I'm like, you got to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I said every other line's every other line is great. Uh, you know, like yeah. when I wrote my book, I say this is going to be a comedy. There has to be a, at least a, a laugh on every page. Oh yeah, go absolutely. Two three pages yes. without a laugh, I got to go back. And the show is the same. Like it's a comedy. If, if there's two minutes without something funny, they've done something wrong. So, yeah. you know, you know, you get a couple of meaningful dialogue character reveals, but then there's a, always going to be a joke in there somewhere. So anyway, yeah. it's worth a watch. I mean, I'm going to start start watching season two. Cool. That's how I uh, that's how I always felt about um, any sort of industry comedies or industry satires like 30 Rock and Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. Like those are great IPs just because they are they are lampooning all the stuff behind the scenes that you almost going to have to be like. Uh, an industry insider or a fiction auto to really, you know, to really get like, I mean, Tropic Thunder is a, a massively underrated movie, I think. And 30 Rock, Tina Fey, yep. intellectual Great property. Show. Genius. Great show. Absolute genius. Yep. You know? yep. And the jokes are, the jokes come fast and furious. Every line yep. is something funny. Every line is perfect to the, to the character. It makes fun of them in some way. Yeah. Um, and it's terrific. I'm just looking at some of the comments. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jay Reese says, take, take us through my writing process. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially as a humor uh, writer. Okay, well, let me let me think. Are you like so Weird I, Al? I, well, because Weird Al said well, that he sticks his foot in a shoe with a piece of raw liver in it, and that's how he gets his inspiration. He said really? that in an interview like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't I don't do that. <laughs> okay, well. We tried. Well, here's the thing is, I think I told you guys on a previous show, I was a screenwriter. I was a prose writer as a kid. I went to graduate school. I went to college and liked film. And so then I love movies and I love writing. So I started writing movies. So I wrote screenplays and I didn't write prose for a long time unless I was something short. Um, So I wrote screenplays for a while and one of them I almost sold. You know, I think I told you that story. I almost got in the business with something that I wrote. Um, Yeah. And so I had this idea for just a typo, but I, but I didn't have it as a prose. I was going to write it as a script. And I was like, maybe I'll shoot this as a documentary, a fake documentary off because the $2 bill one is not funny. I, I just, it was funny because it wasn't funny as I usually am. It was, I <laughs> kept it serious. 
So I got to do something fun. So I had this idea about a typo and I was going to have it all be interviews with people. And so everything you read in the book was going to be people talking about, you know, what happened to this, this game show host. And that's how I was going to tell the story. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, when you write a screenplay, I've done this too many times. You got to outline it. You got, you got to just, uh, you got to, it takes time before you can write like maybe six months before you put writing. So yeah. I said, you know, I just want to free write this. I said, the guy's going to have a typo tweet. He's going to get arrested. Then we're going to go back and learn and learn about his life. And at the end of the story, I knew what, I knew what the end was. I knew nothing in between. So to answer Jay Reese's question, my writing process was, was sit down and just have a good time. Just go. Whatever oh, silly awesome. thing you can think of, just write it down. Um, digress as much as you want. And, you know, there's lots of times where the character digresses and he's, something's mm -hmm. happening and he tells a story about when he snuck out on his bikes when he was a teenager, which I did. And it's just, it's amazing that when I go back and look at the way that book lines up, it, it, it I would think as a casual observer, you would say, have to have planned all that. There's no way that those ducks lined up so perfectly. Um, but, but just, you know, you're right, you're right. You get to page 16, you remember, you remember what happened on page 10. I could use that here and you put it in there. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. If I were to sit and outline that, I would never have been able to do that because I don't know what's going to happen on page 16. At least in my new details, I know that the B, but I don't know the little detail. I don't know what the character's yeah. idiosyncrasies are because I haven't written them. So even the character of Barry, like I didn't know he was going to do that till I made him do it. I didn't know Lexi was going to be a grammar Nazi. I was going to make the main character, <laughs> Mo, a grammar Nazi. And uh -huh. I just, it never fit in. There was too many things. So then I made Lexi a grammar Nazi. And then, you know, that opened up doors. Um, yep. So, mm -hmm. so the answer is I kind of just made it up as I went along, trusting my instincts and knowing that if there were some incongruities, I could fix them. Yeah. And, you know, again, you didn't you go, wow, this thing was perfectly structured. You must have planned this for months. No, I didn't. I just free wrote That's it. That's crazy. That's what um, I thought. Yeah. Jerry says you have, a, you have a schedule. I was lucky because I was um, self-employed at the time. Uh, I do video work for people, corporate video shoots. And, and um, my wife works during the day. My son goes to school. So there were a lot of days where nobody was, he was home until three. And I, for whatever reason, I have a hard time writing when there's people home because every five minutes, someone's coming in the door, wants something. Uh -huh. um, you know, my door's closed now. I'm surprised nobody's not knocking on it yet. Wife and kid are home, but um, I just, <laughs> for whatever reason, mentally, it's hard to focus when I know I can't just zero in. So my writing schedule is when am I home alone? <laughs> when when uh -huh. do I have, I have peace? Um, and then if I don't have peace, close the door, make sure that they're doing, they're watching a movie tonight. Okay, good. Go in the other room, close the door um, and write. You know, it's, and some nights you write eight pages and, and they're brilliant. And yep. some nights you write two pages and you go back and forth over and over again. And you go to sleep knowing, well, the two pages suck, but at least I got something to go back and fix and work on tomorrow. So yep. it's yeah. hard to say what this, the schedule is. Just keep on going. My philosophy is with any project, it's going to take X number of hours. I don't know what X is. It could be 500 hours. It could be 260. I don't know what X is. Yeah. You can only do it and knock one off at a time until you reach that number. So you just work on it whenever you can, and you know that this hour is credited towards getting it done and is needed to complete the process. I hope that answers your question, Jairis, and I hope I'm not blabbing too much. But that's my that's how I do it. Just sit down and just just freaking do it. Yeah, I love that. That's uh, I have the same sort of process with all of my books, where it's kind of been that same thing of pantsing it. You know, they call pantsing it. You just fly by the seat of your pants. And it's like you have an idea of what you want. You have an idea and then you try to figure out, OK, I could have this character be this. You know, I could have this character be this. And you have all these ideas 
I even have like a giant dry erase board. But like really the process, no matter how much I try to plan, always ends up being the same as yours, John, where it's just like the best thing to do is just sit down and just free form, free flow, just start right and just see what sort of comes out of you. Because a lot of times if you don't do that, you you get in the way of what Pressfield calls the muse, you know, the inspiration, you know, you get in the way of your of the process because you're second guessing yourself. But if you just like let it go and then and then when you're done, you know, you can go back and edit and tweak, you know, and, and do all that kind of stuff. Do you uh, do you wait until you're done to do um, an edit or do you edit like chapter by <laughs> chapter or? That's problem. I like to read a little bit of what I wrote before I write the next day because it gets me into the rhythm and mm -hmm. the, the voice. Yep. I have to like get that oh, voice nice. back. Yeah. Um, and then in reading what I wrote, I inevitably edit. So the yeah. first hour is not wasted, but the first hour is usually fixing and correcting. And for me, I have a hard time going forward unless I know what happened before was right. Because like you said, I can spit the whole thing and then go back and fix it. But if I took a wrong turn on page 40 and I keep going, when I go back and fix page 40, I got to fix 40 to 300 because yep. everything in between so I yep. go back and I fix yep. and I fix and I fix and I make it right. And then sometimes I totally really re revise something, get a new idea. And then it sets me off this, the scene with the, uh, the, the, the family that he lives with the Yugoslavian family, Bogdan, yeah, Serbian yeah. family, Bogdan. <laughs> right. Bogdan. I, I totally like okay so i'm gonna he's gonna go live with a family and i made them serbian i researched you know serb expressions which is where i got that stuff right off the google <laughs> um, when he reached them with the expression that sounds like meet ivan drago so that that joke comes from you know <laughs> that it sounds like meet uh, you know jago me jay i think is the anyway i had no idea what was going to happen in that scene uh until i literally started writing it that's and great the your old daughter in the bunk bed i mean it just came out as i wrote it like and these lines just and i start laughing and go go okay it, it works now I the irony that. is i'm gonna the, the punchline of the whole thing is i we're gonna talk about this i think we're gonna start running out of time soon but i am writing a screenplay now um and again without getting into a lot of detail i wrote a script back in the day that almost sold to hollywood and i mentioned the story on another podcast and the host says that would be a great netflix series. so i'm trying to convert it into a, a pilot episode right now nice. i'm having the awesome. worst the worst time though I, I april i started i started taking some notes and i said april i'm gonna write i'll be done with this in a month or two i'll have a draft you know first week of june i can start shopping a pilot i'm still back to square one uh, yeah. I think I've solved it, but I can't sit and write it like I can a novel because scripts are just it's a different animal. I can't just, just start writing it writing. because you're going to go down one wrong path. It just the whole the bottom falls out in a bigger mm -hmm. way. You have to mm -hmm. outline it, and, and it's killing it's me. Killing like I, I I I can't solve it until mm -hmm. I solve it in my head, but I can't solve it in my head until I put it on paper and I put it on paper until i solve it so i, I almost is mm. a colleague of mine who's asked me about it and i bounce ideas off and i kind of said to him i should just sit down and this as a, a book first like even not a book that i would publish just i should just sit, sit down and start writing like in prose what happens and let it take me somewhere and then oh that's how i'm gonna solve the problem and then go back and write the screenplay yeah. um but I, but I think I figured it out, but it is a totally different animal. You have to plan it because you just can't do it's hard to explain, but you can't do in prose what you can do in screenwriting and vice versa. It doesn't work for me anyway. Yeah. 
yeah. Scripts are a whole different animal. I've I never tried to write one. I wrote two or three. And you have so. to do it, especially in a pilot, you have to establish characters instantly. You have mm-hmm. to get the audience interested. If you don't have it in 10 pages, whoever's reading it, you know, throws it yeah. in the next pile. Oh, um, wow. You got to have conflict characters. You have to set up a series that's give you 100 episodes. You got to set up a scenario mm-hmm. that allows you to tell story after story, story week after week. And you have mm-hmm. to be efficient and you, you just, you can't, in a book, you can go off on a tangent. You can't do it in a screenplay. How do I yeah. communicate that, that this is the way this person is? Half a page right? with an mm-hmm. action or a look or something. And you've got to know all those things before you can start writing. Um, anyway, but so that's what I'm str- struggling with right now. If you want to ask about my next project, I'm going <laughs> to adapt my, my old screenplay from 1996 into a modern day pilot episode uh, that might be you know a Netflix or a streaming show somewhere. That is so much tougher. You know, I mean, with a yeah. novel, you have all the pros and exposition you could ever want. You know, with a movie, you have 90 minutes to 120, maybe 150 minutes if you're really indulgent, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half hours. But, you know, and you have to cram a lot in there, but you're telling a pretty concise story, you know. Well, then, TV pilots, 45 pages, maybe 50 mm-hmm. tops. Yeah. yeah, but with a, a series, whether it's a mini series, which is just a long form movie, you know, 10 episodes like Band of Brothers or Babylon 5 or, you know, something like that or or like Fringe or a more long form TV show like X-Files, which you can go for multiple seasons or Friends or something. You have to like really plan out a huge swath in advance and like, man, the stakes for being able to write that and how do you keep it interesting over 100 episodes? Like, yeah. dude, that's that's a high, high risk, tall order. That is a tough job, John. We admire if you that. watch any, if you watch a pilot, I've been watching a lot and studying a lot and seeing how they do it. There are some shows where you can hit the pause button five to seven minutes in the show and, and ask yourself what you know and what you've learned already. Oh, or, yeah. you know, am I already really interested? It's happening. And it's amazing if you really stop and break it down, like where they, they are on page five. Yeah, like I'm already invested. What this guy's? I'm wondering what's going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. Five minutes. It takes five minutes, and and yes, it's, and and there's three scenes in those five minutes, and yep. you've met two, three characters, and the situation is set up, and you're invested on page five, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I can do it. I mean, I know I can do it. I'm told I'm getting there, but it's it's a lot different, uh, even than writing a screenplay. And I was trained in yeah. writing screenplays, not pilots. Yeah. So, so it's been a, a slap in the face, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to convert this into a. It's everything about the story, of the movie that I wrote has got to be different. Everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a guy. Well, the- it was. It's about actually. It's about a revenge for a guy that was a revenge for higher business, which nice. was done. And again, this is another one. I wrote. I wrote this script, and it went out in Hollywood and didn't sell. But then three years later, a really horrible movie with Norm Macdonald called uh-huh. Dirty Work. Oh, and yeah. that, when I and I was the first person to see that movie the day it opened because I thought it was stolen uh-huh. from me, um, and it was a lot more juvenile than mine. But it oh. had similar elements. Politician was the bad bad guy. Mm-hmm. The friend uh-huh. character was very similar. You know, maybe someone heard the, or read my script and then they, nobody bought it, and then someone you know went to the studio and says, "I'll write a version," and they had their own idea. So I don't know what happened, but. Um, it made me comfortable solidarity, that the solidarity, John. Yeah, solidarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So anyway, so turning it into a weekly show, into you know, now it's okay. So it's oh, revenge for higher biz. That'd be a great weekly show, but it's everything has. To be, it's not one guy. It's a team. It's not mm-hmm. a, a business at the beginning. 
Uh, it's there's got to be ongoing sticks. It can't just be oh, someone hires us this week, and it's not the eight team. You know, when someone goes and hires you, and so I've mm-hmm. I've had to change. It's not really about a guy that opens a revenge for hire business anymore. It's it's totally it's it's different. The name yeah. of the show, the show is the same. I just the name of the show the uh, movie was called Troublemaker, and the name of the show is called Troublemakers with an S because it's a group. But they're not they're not really in the revenge for hire business, although they are involved with fucking with people for other reasons it's like it's totally different <laughs> awesome. it's not it's not revenge for hire it's just people causing trouble for others who deserve it but there's a reason why they do it and there's consequences and there's stakes and uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah, you can't be going so I, uh, anyway I that, i'll with button it up one. on that one <laughs> i'm absolutely in love i think it would be a great show stuff, if i could just if i can yeah. nail it it's it's the kind oh, of you the, mean the reason the you would watch oh not real life <laughs> oh no. Right. The reason you would watch this show is because he does to other people what you wish you could do to other people. Like when you see you see someone doing something wrong, you wish you could say this to them. He's the kind of person that would say it or would do it. And so that's really, I think, what's going to hook people to make them like, what's he going to do next? Like, what are they going to do to this people, this guy, Uh and that woman, and that organization? Troublemakers. Yeah, one word. Michael Fisher with an S at the end. Don't steal it, Mike. Well, don't steal it. Don't steal it. Uh, I'm not a copy, far enough copy ahead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> once I get the, once I settle one little couple issues that I'm dealing with, it'll write fast, fast now because I have it. And the outline is almost yeah. there. A couple of specifics, but cool. that's the project I'm working on. And hopefully, it, you know, gets some push in the TV industry. What can you Yeah. Do? Awesome. It deserves it. I, I can't wait to. Yeah. 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 Stick best of luck with that, man. Years, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know we're kind of we're on the other side of the hour. Um, yep. So we definitely uh, have a couple of questions. Nick had a really good one. We both kind of had the same question, but I'll let Nick go ahead and take reins. Getting back to just a typo. Yep. Yeah. Um, you guys got to wrap up. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, you know, about a, a, a game show host that makes a, who, who sends a out gaffe. a tweet. There's there's a typo, mm-hmm. and it has the opposite effect of what he was hoping it would. And, of <laughs> course, he's totally canceled. Yeah. And then there's a whole series of, of, of things that happen after that. But uh, because this is a satire of cancel culture, have you had anybody that's, that are, that's read the book or part of the book and they got the, offended? Have you gotten any Not that back? I've heard. No, nobody's written me and said yeah. F you. And again, I'm sorry. I used a few <laughs> no words. Feelings yet. I'm allowed to, am I allowed to use better? I'm just freely I'm, using the fine. S and F bombs. Nobody really has. Um, I think they get it. I think they yeah. get that it's, I'm not really offending people. I'm telling you a story about how people get, get offended. Yes. And this is how you get offended by saying this and, and doing that. And I have to say it. You know, I have to make the stereotype against Asian people, for example. Mm-hmm. I have to have the character do this to show you that he didn't mean it, and it's not really uh, racial, but he gets flagged for it. For it. So I don't think, but that's that I know of. I mean, if someone got someone got pissed and threw the book down and said, screw this guy, okay, but nobody reached out to me <laughs> to tell me that. <laughs> and if they did, I would apologize. I mean, the intent is not to do that. I mean, and I had to worry about that. Yeah. There, were, there was actually one, one song parody um, and no way I'm going to tell you the lyrics here, but there was one song parody I wrote when, when I was younger. Um, it was a spoof of I Hate Myself for Loving You by Joan Jett. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I cannot sing the lyrics here. That's how bad they are. But uh, maybe <laughs> awesome. I'll t- email them to you. Yes. There's no way I'm going there because, and, and I was going to put it in the book because I said, oh my, my God, if he, if the, if Mo River Lake wrote those lyrics and sang them somewhere, that would be awesome. He would be just chastised by the eight different ethnic groups that I will have offended to say the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't, I said, I can't do that because it's, that's how, I mean, it's funny to me. I'm not really, it's just a right. line of a song. Um, but sometimes it's too risky, you know? Yeah, well, let me put it this way. Without giving you the lyrics, I hate myself for loving you. I hate are the first two words of the revised version. Uh-huh. And then I have a rhythmic series of nationalities, <laughs> cultures, and races. The last one rhymes with you. Okay. Um, I hate <laughs> blank, 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 and ooh. Uh-huh. And, and again, I don't mean it. It's just funny. That it is works. funny. If you sing that sing really, really fast, fast in a row, it's and uh-huh. I, I tell you, one of my college roommates, if I just mentioned it to him, he would know the lyric like that because we've made it up and we started cracking up. And that's awesome. But yeah, I, I, one of my favorite parts I of your get book. Myself in trouble on your show. Go ahead. One of my favorite parts of your book is uh, the point where uh, after the you know after the the cancellation begins and he's offended every single ethnic group mm-hmm. except one. Mm-hmm. And they got yeah. offended for not because they didn't, they didn't get offended. Include, they didn't get included. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so they just try to come up with something. Yeah. They were feeling left out. And that's the, my own. And that actually, oh, so I might good. offend somebody by giving my opinion on that, but that actually is, uh, again, it happened, happened by accident. Um, again, I'm just reading. So I got distracted because Jace is trying to figure out the lyrics <laughs> um, <laughs> to that, that song. But no, I, I realized halfway through that, you know, I hadn't figured out proper way to have them offend African-Americans or blacks. I don't know what word we want to use. And I don't mind saying it here. And, yeah. and so I said, you know what? I said, almost in this world, I would almost think that blacks, and again, I don't, this is not my commentary on them. They they, they might get offended that they weren't like, why weren't, mm-hmm. why weren't we? You're, you're discriminating against us. You yeah. didn't put, include us in your, your actions. You left us out. We weren't important mm-hmm. enough to be included in all your bad, bad behavior. And, mm-hmm. and it kind of resonated with me a little bit. Like that's a little, it's almost reverse discrimination. I think we have a lot of reverse discrimination in this country um, where you have to hire, you know, again, it, it, making commentary that's it may not be appropriate. I listen, sometimes, sometimes the white guy loses the job to the black guy, because if the white, the white guy gets the job, then it's discrimination. Yep. But there's a lot of reverse discrimination. That's just, you know, let's just say that. And then mm-hmm. maybe the person's more, desi- I don't know. You can't compliment. It's almost like you're not allowed to, address stereotypes no matter how statistically accurate they might be one way or the other even on the positive side so you can't say that like even though china's cranking out more engineers according to jordan peterson china's cranking out more engineers like every year than all the engineers in america combined so you you know but you can't like say the positive thing about that scenario or else you're being racist you know. And I didn't know. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to handle. I didn't know what Mo River Lake was gonna do to offend black people, albeit accidentally the way he accidentally offends everybody else. <laughs> right. I couldn't yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So I, I didn't do anything. And then I got to that point. I said, "Geez, I had, he hasn't offended blacks yet." So I, so I said, "Well, here's how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna have them say that we're offended because they didn't offend us." Mm-hmm. Yep. That yeah. was. Yep. And, 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 was and also there was the issue issue of the you know there were no blacks on the done. game show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah. think I handled it. Pretty well. The only reference I made, I don't mind giving it away, was when he 
the two black gentlemen come into his office to, to complain yes. that there's no black contestants on the show. Mm-hmm. He just offers them candy, like haphazardly offers them you know, candy that's on his desk. Yes. And, and at the time, you know, he doesn't know what he's offering. He's offering them. It turns out he offered them a watermelon flavored candy. And when it comes back later on, they're like, and you handed us two watermelon candies. What were you trying to say with that? With that? And, I'm, and that was like the place where I said, well, you know, watermelon is an old, old joke that uh-huh. used to be a way that you could make fun of blacks like watermelon. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to go there, but I said, that's as far as I'll, I'll go. He offered them a watermelon uh-huh. candy. They took it that way. Right. He didn't even know what he was. Right. And that's, I said, make sure I, I kept that line. You know, I didn't cross it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm mentioning watermelon because we all know. I mean, everybody who who gets right. that joke knows that watermelon is associated in the stereotype. Yep. But I didn't. You know it already. So if you're laughing at it, or you can't get offended when right. we say it, you're aware of it because you know it. Right. That's yeah, the beauty. And you know that I know it. Yeah. Right. You know that I know that I know that you know. Yeah. Right. And like, and it, but no one could say anything about it. No one yeah. can talk about it, you know. And I don't know. I don't know the, anything. That's the genius. Uh, the brilliance of just a typo is that it does sort of reveal, you know, a lot of. It's a great commentary on everybody's insecurities about, you know, outrage and cancel culture, and it's also got a good-hearted protagonist who, like, you know, he just has really bad luck, and he sort of gaffs his way into some things. But he's, you know, he's not a bad right. guy. You know, no. he's he's yep. not trying to be a fan, but it's amazing. The beauty of it is you can watch how society will just cognitively reframe everything in order to facilitate this feeding, this feeding frenzy, because if it bleeds, it leads. And if there's blood in the water, man, the sharks come out of the woodwork. Yeah. And a, lot of, and a lot of the sharks coming out of the woodwork is just for their 15 minutes of fame. They just oh, want to yeah. latch onto the craze. Yeah. Well, you you have a 24 hour news cycle and, you know, Kelly, Kelly Ripa's got a, you know get her monologue in, in the beginning you know mm-hmm. and um speaking of which john did you ever uh did you ever catch any flack for or did you have to negotiate anything to use real celebrities such as ryan seacrest mel gibson and one of our personal favorites yeah. emilio estevez yeah you know i <laughs> emilio, um emilio. i don't have to, I, I i don't have the book in front you have the book there's something on page one or two a disclaimer somewhere uh-huh. in the first couple of pages because usually you write uh, people in this. This is a work of fiction. Any any um, mm-hmm. you know similarity to real people is unintentional. But I forget what the phrase is. That's maybe you found it. That uh, a lawyer told me to put in the book that allows me to to do that and not. not do you see it? Are you read it or no? I think so. Yeah. Uh, this is a work of fiction, businesses, events, and incidents. By the way, I really applaud you for not utilizing the oxford comma uh in that um yes, thank you against against my thank will but yeah go ahead <laughs> well fair enough okay well then thank you to your editor um <laughs> uh businesses events and incidents are the products of the author's imagination with the exception of public figures any resemblance to persons living or dead or actual events is purely coincidental is all that- right so what that, that means is uh, i mean yeah everybody's fake except for the people that aren't fake yeah, and I guess if Oprah Winfrey mad at me, she certainly. I hope Oprah Winfrey reads it and puts it on. Uh, uh, right, puts it on her book list. But yeah. yeah, I could I could see somebody come. I mean, if this book got really popular and they made a movie out of it or something, or I could see someone reading the book and going, "Hey, wait a minute, um, that's I don't like being re- referred to like that." But yeah. I mean, everybody is as they are. I didn't write anything different about anybody. I mean. I still had Ellen dancing, you know, when she's got the family on, the Serbian family on her show. The, <laughs> the dancing, Serbian like family. She, she does, right? Uh, yeah. Um, 
It's accurate. I didn't, do anything that, I didn't do anything that, you know, people don't do. Oprah gave stuff away and had uh -huh. an interview. <laughs> Dr. Phil asked questions. I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody would be, uh, the only person that get mad at me is Emilio Estevez. Or, no, Mel Gibson, because yeah. he auditioned for the same game, game show. When he didn't get it, he was cursing and swearing all the way to, as I dragged him to the elevator. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> My Lord and Savior Braveheart. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's me and Cartman so praying cool. a Braveheart every day. You know? yeah. yeah, you know what? Mel Gibson, come come after me, man, because uh, it'll make the news, and I will oh, sell 400,000 so books that day, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that could be like the weirdest, like odd couple dynamic duo team up ever is John Bernard. I think he'd like be an ally, actually. You know, I think oh, I have like, to find somebody who knows him and say, did you know that I wrote about Mel? He, but you don't show it to him because he might get upset with that, with the way I portrayed him. And then, the <laughs> right. And then I'm yeah. going to get a phone call and then I will call CNN and say, I'm being accosted or entertainment tonight. I'm being accosted by Mel Gibson mm -hmm. and, you know, hey, and then put me on the show, man. And, and uh, right. you know, like I said, I'll People, everybody buy the book to see what did he say about Mel Gibson. The exactly. Same way the audio book yes. narrator. <laughs> yeah. Saying. New strategy. I'm going to employ that. I'm telling you. That's you should write a book called Troublemakers. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 uh, I keep, you know, on days where I feel like giving up, giving up on script, I'm like, I should just make it a book because uh -huh. it would be, it'd probably be funnier. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll see. It's yeah. great. <laughs> Is John traditional or I know you guys got a report an hour and a half here almost. So I know, and I probably have uh, my dinner's probably getting cold, but no, I, I went self-published Jay Reese. I just, it wasn't, I didn't want to spend a year trying to find a publisher and I'm glad yeah. I self-published it. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, Jay Reese does it. I, I would self-publish. Um, allows you to get you can self-publish three four books you get them out there you build a little bit of a following it can't hurt mm -hmm. you down the road if you just if you're waiting like i wrote scripts so i had to wait for agents to sign me and you know sell a script mm -hmm. when i was a 20 something in hollywood you know you were asking for someone else else to open the door for you you write your yeah. own book publish it well now you're now i have a book on amazon and i am talking about it on this show and if yeah. somebody wants to go buy it they can go buy it and i will yeah. get the proceeds not yeah. you know some agent so yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if I had a publishing house behind me, maybe I'd sell more, but for the right. moment, you know, that can always, that, that can still come. So I would, yeah, yeah she gets, gets it. Yeah. We're all self-published authors here uh, or independently yes. published authors on Amazon. And it's been a great success for, you know, all of us in our own way. And the thing is like, you know, John, you were, you know, you were trying to get uh script sold. I was trying to get, you know, heavenly realms published and, you know, back in the days of traditional publishing being your only option, it was it was just such a monolith that you're trying to chip into. And Amazon, you know, has kind of they've opened the door for everybody. But then, you know, and some people say like, oh, self-publishing is like it's the gutter, you know. Well, it used to be. It used to be the fringe and the gutter, you know. It used to be. But nowadays, you know, it, if you found this book in a library, there is no way that you would know that, you know, you did this yourself, you know, and you right. can hire a competent uh, editor. Uh, Storygrid.com is a great way to go for that. You can hire your own cover art, you know. Uh, some people will make their own cover art. Some people are good at it. You know, most we don't recommend doing that, but uh, but you can make it look every bit as professional and you keep, you have to do a lot of work, but you get to keep a far higher percentage of the royalty because a publishing company isn't printing a hundred thousand copies and then they have to pay themselves back before you see I'm, yep. you know? yep. so it's, yeah, I'm it's happy with the way I did it. 
I hired a book cover cover that, that took a while. That book cover, I mean, that's that's no yeah. accident. I I don't know what people think of it, but I think it's perfect. Uh, it's even beautiful letters, and it's really detailed. Staggered letters, all of that stuff had to had to be decided on. Yeah, no, and, and the presentation is great. I mean, truly, like you would have no idea that you know this was not published by you know one of the what is the big five uh, yeah. publishing houses. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I got my first copy in the mail, boy. I was extremely excited. It just looked and felt oh, like any it's a other great book. moment, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, anything I ever got in the you know in the bookstore, it just it was another. It was one of one of those. Yeah, uh, and I yeah. should mention I have a second book. Uh, it was talking about the two dollar bill before. I have a yeah. book called um, Two Dollar Bills: America's Forgotten Currency. Mm -hmm. And if you go to Amazon, you'll find that one on my page as well. And that's kind of a companion to the movie. So if you don't want to oh, yeah. watch okay. the movie, go get the book. A lot of similar stuff, stuff from the movie has been brought over in text, quotes, and then some new. So, um, mm -hmm. so I have two books. One of them is kind of a coffee table book, and then I have this novel, and uh, it won't be the last. But I yeah. am writing a script for the moment. But we'll, it's like I said, we'll see. It could end up a book, but if <laughs> the way it's going right now, cool. How uh, how possible is it? Um, I'm totally putting you on the spot with this. I'm sorry, John. How possible is it for you to sell your uh, maybe like special editions of your two dollar documentary with two dollar bills as bookmarks that you have autographed? Is that a stupid uh, idea? <laughs> You can say yes. It's, it's, fine. it's bordering on. I'm trying to figure out, figure out if it is or not. So wait, you want me to sell my book and put a dollar bill with it as a bookmark? Yeah, yeah charge like what you know, whatever. You sign it though. Yeah, and autograph it. Well, no, I would that sign. Way you yeah, I mean, two dollar bill as a bookmark. Actually, on my YouTube channel, I will say this. I will digress. On my YouTube channel, if you submit a question and I use it in an answer to make a video, I send you a two dollar bill. Yeah. Uh, I host a lot of the videos. Um, unlike, okay. I didn't read my own audio book, but I host my own YouTube videos and I voice them as well. Okay. Um, so I, I have a lot of times where I was like, hey, I'm John, director of the $2 bill documentary, here with another day of answering your questions about the $2 bill. This week's question comes from, you know, Johnny Scomani from Pennsylvania, who received the crisp new $2 bill for asking this question. And then he asked the question, mm -hmm. and then I made a video that answers the question. So I get a lot of people who submit questions trying to get that $2 bill. Uh -huh. um, I get that's kind of off topic, but that's one way to get one. And people are people think they're so hard to get that they're trying to just some people just email me and say, "Can you send me a two two dollar bill?" I'm like, no, I'm not going to send you a two dollar bill. No. Why? <laughs> yeah. Go watch every single one of my videos and every ad that goes with it, so I can generate two dollars in revenue and then, and then mm -hmm. I maybe will send you a two dollar bill. But um, people go for it for that. I mean, people love to get one, so maybe there's something to it where I, you know, um, maybe I maybe it's uh, a marketable for, uh, idea. Black Friday. Black Friday or something like yeah. Here's the special Friday offer. Purchase the book and I'll drop a two dollar bill in it. Yeah, because I do do make more than two dollars a copy. But yeah, all right, I'll think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, and speaking, speaking of yeah. speaking of special offers, uh, t uh, where can people find uh, just a typo? Where can they find the audio book? Yeah, the audio. Well, it's on Amazon. The audio book is on Amazon or Audible, which I don't really understand. Audible is different than Amazon, but if you oh, go to Amazon weird. and find the book, Audible shows up as the vendor. So it's Audible, Amazon, or iTunes. Uh, obviously, separate from Amazon, you okay. can get the book there. The book, the um, audio book, is not on on BarnesandNoble.com, but the book is. And I do okay. have a discount code for your viewers. Yep. It's a. It's given to me by. Um, no, there's never a two dollar coin, Michael. Only in Canada, there's the discount <laughs> code. I don't make the code; otherwise, it would have been something simple like you know two book. 
but mm-hmm. um, this is what is what I was given by a company called ACX. And Jay Reese yes. asked a long time ago about how to find a narrator. And ACX.com is mm-hmm. where you can find people. But I had someone I met outside of it, and then I made him join in ACX so that I could hire him and, and handle all the contracts and payments. But we ACX gives you your well, yeah. Yep. yeah. That's the discount code they gave me. So unfortunately, if you're listening and not watching, 23BBHAAPUPXS, you got to play that back. It'll be in the notes as well. It'll be in the notes. Now, I haven't used the code, so I don't know what kind of a discount you get. But if you use that code at checkout on Amazon or Audible or iTunes, I believe you get a discount. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Thank you for sharing that with uh, listeners and uh, and watchers, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. We're really excited for you, man. Uh, the the audio book was fantastic. The book itself is great, and yeah. uh, just can't see, can't wait to see what you come up with next. Yeah. Jay Reese just bought it. Jay Reese, can you text? Did you use the discount code? And if so, you know what it was, or did you not use the discount code, Jay Reese? Thank you for, for buying it. First of all, maybe she bought the two dollar bill book. Who knows. <laughs> Maybe she's typing. But I'm day. actually very curious. I appreciate, really appreciate the purchase. I don't know yeah. if she bought the audio, audio book or the book, and I don't know if she used the discount code or not. I'm curious. Oh, you didn't use the code. All right. Well, you'll have to go buy it a second time. <laughs> yeah, you do. I, I, I <laughs> wish I could tell you. I wish cancel, I could tell you what the cancel the order was. Kill Jay Reese. No, no. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. So I'm just kidding. That was very nice. Yeah, Jay, she's uh, she's a sweetheart. She is a huge fan and a big supporter, and we love her stuff. And she's a uh, she's definitely like one of the Goslings. Yes, it's, it's really yep. cool. yeah. She's and a she, grade I, fiction author, she like commented me. last time I was on. She commented, and I follow her on Twitter and I believe Instagram. I instantly, uh, I think we follow each other now. So she's got a new fan here as well. So thank you. Yeah, uh, very sweet. nice. And speaking of she that, only let's buys go ahead and full price. Your, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, these are your, uh, social media, uh, your, your social yep. medias. Let's uh, say that you can go, you can find John at johnbernardo.com. Uh, and then this is, uh, is this, I know this is Instagram. Is this That's Twitter, Twitter well? and Instagram? That's both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Very good, man. Well, it's been great seeing you again. Thank you. I know we went like half an hour longer than, than what we planned. Yeah, but, like, uh, well, nobody's knocking on the door behind me. So that was okay. awesome. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's time to time to wrap up. I'm getting hungry and I bet you I'm in something <laughs> yummy out there. You look great in blue, by the way. Yeah. You look great in blue. Yeah. That shirt looks really good on you. <laughs> you. Where can people get a shirt like that? Oh, there it is. You can go to the goslings.creator.spring.com and get uh you know, I mean, there's a myriad of different shirts, uh, but John, that looks great. We really appreciate you representing putting that on uh, for the interview. That's awesome. We didn't ask him to do that. It was a total surprise. No, and I right. forgot yeah. last when he logged time. on. I we were like, "What in the world? That's awesome!" So, man, thank you for <laughs> yeah. that. That's great. Um, have a great night, and uh, it's good to see you again. And can I be the first to say Merry Christmas? Is it too early for that? Yeah, them? it's too early, too early for me. Too early? Uh, Is you. it too early? Yeah. Happy Turkey uh, Day. Happy Thanksgiving would be better yeah. for, at this point. Yeah. 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 Happy, happy Pilgrim um, Day. And yeah, I'll keep in touch with you guys. I don't have anything to promote or to talk about. Maybe I'll always something to talk about. But it's, when yeah. I get the next project going, I'll love to come back on and have one of these fun chats again. It's always good talking to awesome. you guys. Love I it, man. Love, love it. John Bernardo, you are the best. We adore you. Best of luck with the audiobook. Just a typo. You can find it on Amazon and audio, uh, Audible in paperback and Kindle and the $2 bill documentary definitely check out on social media and on youtube always a delight thank you john thanks guys have a good night all right all right have see a good you later night. see you always a blast
John's yeah, always he's so fun. fun. He is fun. You know? He's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, had a good time, man. I know it's always cool. I, you know what, I would like to, uh, I would like to ask John, like next time we get together, it would be cool to just, because I'm always interested in this stuff. I'd just be like, what's John Bernardo the man like? Yeah. What do you do in your off time? You know, like we we've mentioned it a little bit before. You know, sports. You know, and uh, but what do you read? Like Jay Reese Bradley had a good question about like, and we didn't have time to get to it. Sorry, Jay um because we did once again we went over big surprise <laughs> uh, you know um but she had asked you know what john's favorite book is oh yeah yeah, you know? yeah um i would you know there's that's a fun thing about like when you when you have guests come back on multiple times you really do start to build a great rapport with them and uh and john is no exception and you really start to dig in deeper and you're like man i i just like the more it's a pyramid it's an inverted pyramid the mysterion the more you ask the more questions yeah, you have there's more and more yeah yeah sure and uh and i always love the back of house process stuff of like you know i don't know what what kind of shows do you like what inspired you to do that like you know what it, it just never ends so <laughs> it never ends it never, never ends. ends i'll shut up john's great and he's so and he's like he's so gracious with his time to join us so Absolutely. we always enjoy him and thanks to everyone that uh, joined the chat today. And yeah. uh, always, of course, shout out to our patrons, yes. Jay Reese, Shannon, Adam, and Mike. You guys are great. Yeah. Thanks for uh, jumping in and keeping the chat fun. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and if you're not a patron. You should you, be one. Yeah, you should totally think about being one. Go to patreon.com. There's our Patreon there, the Goslings. Yeah. Uh, currently five bucks a month. Uh, you get uh, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Uh, all through the week, we're uh, we're doing polls. Uh, we're mm -hmm. sharing, you know, special content, just kind of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, we do a monthly Discord mm -hmm. uh, with our patrons. Uh, you get discounts on shirts. You can download some of our books for free. Mm -hmm. um, just it, and and it's a great community. You know, it's a right now. It's a it's just a handful of people that are really close, uh, and we stay in touch all throughout the week. It's really fun. Yeah. Well, and it. two the the question that I get a lot uh is when you know when's john bernardo gonna be back or when's gary wayne gonna be back yep. or you know when you know when are you gonna have this guest on again because so many of our guests they've become our friends or our acquaintances of you know some sort and we really enjoy spending time with them and we do try to have them back as often as possible yep. um and so i do get those questions a lot of time you know when is this person gonna be back well the best way to do that is to become a patron member and uh, join the Patreon, and that way you will see our schedule as far yep, out as we us, have it booked. Yep, we got our full so, schedule on there as well. Yeah, all yep. the way, uh, I mean, almost all the way through January at this point. I yeah, think. there's only like one, I think, open weekend in January. Yeah. yeah. Except Christmas. We don't have anything lined up for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas yeah. is an exception. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the you're all on the naughty list, you know. <laughs> but right. uh, we guys, we really appreciate you hanging in there with us today. Uh, it was a great interview with John. Yeah, uh, great to talk with him again. And uh, this is a genius book, book, by the way. Yeah, just a typo. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. And you know, it's funny because he really. I mean, I know he was talking about like pantsing it, and as you write, you wouldn't know it. Remember, though. you go back to things and connect them. When I when I read this book, actually, when I listened to this book, yeah. And you you get to the end and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, he would have planted that on purpose and it perfectly ties in. And we're talking like a dozen different things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is like masterful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really impressive. I think uh, if you're a dedicated Weird Al fan, I think you're probably rocking like at least a 130 IQ. Yeah, well, and, and I will say if you're a dedicated Weird Al fan, 
you should read just a typo. Yeah, you yeah. will appreciate it so much. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I hesitate to use the word irreverent, but it's it's the kind of humor that, like John was talking about, it's it's silly, it's quirky, it's fun, and it pokes fun at the things that you know, probably need to be poked fun at, so we don't take ourselves so bloody seriously. Amen to that. You know, and Amen. that's that's like the joy of comedy and uh, and comedy writing. And and it's rare, like truth be told, like the, the amount of comedy writers out there that are really good, that stick with it. Not a lot. You know, I mean, David Sedaris, you know, and mm -hmm. I, David Sedaris was always a lot of fun. But John Bernardo really succeeds at having something funny just about every page. Yep. Like every page, there's something funny that keeps you engaged, you know, and the audiobook, like I was actually really impressed by the audiobook, uh, especially on the back end, knowing that that was his first attempt. Like yeah. that was the guy's first audiobook. John, thanks. Good call on that one, dude. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, you know. I think uh, John uh, got Kane involved in the audiobook narration process uh early which is great because now that kane knows he can do it and now that everyone knows that kane can do it he can charge a lot <laughs> yeah yeah for what he when you hear the audio quality yeah, really of great. just a typo you you will really kind of think man i'm amazed this is like somebody's first attempt at i mean i know that like you know the guy had experience uh you know kane peterson had experience on radio but still like yeah. radio and audiobook not the same animal you know and <laughs> Like, dude, it's it's just it's a different animal. So very cool. Very, very cool. All right, man. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Oh, yep. yeah. And you know what? We forgot to mention our other sponsor. We yeah. have a third sponsor. Us, by God. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. OK. We've been look, you guys have been hanging with us for what? An hour and a half. We never do this mm -hmm. at the end of our uh, we or at the beginning. Yeah, buy our books. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Go to Amazon. And we got look. an audio book, too. <laughs> I mean, hey, Christmas is coming, right? It's right yeah. around the corner. If you and got you know, kids, bam. If you got brothers, mm -hmm. husbands, fathers, bam, right here. Yeah. And then if you want something that this is, is for you, this is what you need to get for yourself. You want, if right you want to laugh, yes. My book, not funny. No jokes, at least none intentional. You know, the whole thing might be considered a joke unto itself yeah. in a self-effacing, self-deprecating sort of way. Um, you know, this funny, you know, you know, this no angelic warfare in this. That's OK, true. this is not for angelic war fans. Yeah. yeah, this. You know, is neither uh, angelic warfare or. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's got it's a the, little bit of both. It's, it's got a little humor and it's got some fantasy in it, you know, piece. but it's for kids. I mean, this yeah. is like, you know. This is corn pops right here. Mm -hmm. This is corn pops. Yeah. This is steak and potatoes. Mm -hmm. This is salad. This is well. No, I you know I think this is more like hot. Wings. It's more like hot, hot wings. I'd yeah. say hot wings. Mm, I like hot wings. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Did I lose you guys? Fire books. That's all we're saying. We, yeah. we appreciate. They're it. They're all on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. You'll love them. Your kids will love them. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and, uh, and we don't have uh we don't have discount codes because we're uh we're greedy. So <laughs> I think we do have discount codes. I don't know. I know. I, you know, I was just feeling, I was just feeling like, like, you know, I never, never talk about our book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, um, it's a good opportunity I to just throw it, it out there. It's the end. Yeah. For anybody who actually made it to the end of this video, mm -hmm. it's, you know, what hour and 40 minutes in, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
uh, check it out. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and are coming up. And quite honestly, I, if you're a, you know, if you're a, a patron, mm -hmm. uh, you can download my books for free. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And I can give you discount. We can give you discount codes mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, if you're a patron as well, it's only five bucks a month. It's basically a Red Bull. Yeah. One Red Bull a month keeps us going. Here's the plan. You buy Nick's books in paperback. Yeah. Um, and it gives the kids something to do in the upcoming holiday season. You buy my books to have something interesting to discuss with the family as you're sitting around Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner, awkwardly eating your dressing. <laughs> And then you buy just a typo by John Bernardo on audiobook so that you can listen to it while you're driving your family to and fro to all the holiday parties, or maybe also while you're sitting at the dinner table and just start laughing hysterically <laughs> apropos of nothing that anybody else can see because you have your ear pods in. Yeah, you, you put your earbuds in. Mm -hmm. As you drive your family around to look at Christmas lights, mm -hmm. let them do that and blast the Christmas music. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, you can be listening to something that's going to keep your attention. Yeah. And keep you from driving off the road. That's right. You know, Christmas dad hack mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. Dad hack. <laughs> Christmas dad hack. Turkey hack 2022. Oh, man. Well, uh, I think that's it, man. I don't have anything else. Yeah, you? same. Nope. That's All it. right. All right, everybody. We'll see Thank you next you. week. I'm Jonathan. I'm Nick. We are the Goslings. Go forth and strike down the darkness. Have a good night, guys. See ya. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. We would love it if you tell your friends about the show. Maybe leave us a good review. And also consider becoming an honorary Gosling. An official exclusive membership to the Gosling gets you exclusive access to interviews and conversations that we can't have on YouTube. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and excerpts and writing. Uh, also, and check this out, you get to participate in a live monthly Discord chat with us. Uh, we do this once a month now. Um, all this plus more if you join our community on Patreon for just $5 a month. I mean, that's nothing. $5 a month, it's a cup of coffee. So go to patreon.com forward slash the goslings and sign up today. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and strike down the darkness.